the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights. Yeah. A different city every night. Oh, I, I swear. The world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. Hi, it's Paula Peterson, and I am in for Shalom Klein. Welcome to Get Down to Business. Shalom will be back in a couple of weeks. Of course, he is off serving our country right now, so we totally appreciate that. Um, but I'm very lucky today because I am in studio with a guest I've never had on before, and his name is John Fitzgerald. He's the vice president of Pomerol Partners. Hi. Hi. And I should also say thank you very much to Tandem HR. This whole show is powered by Tandem HR, and you're familiar with them too as well. I am. Yes, yeah, very good. So I appreciate you coming in. Um, so I like to tell people, you know, what, what's going on in your industry and kind of give uh, a highlight of what it is that you do. How do you work with companies directly? This is a show about business. So this is a great opportunity to really, um, kind of explain what it is you do. Cause even I had a bunch of questions for you before we started. Absolutely. Uh, there's always a lot of questions when I meet somebody. And they say, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? I, I used to say- You know I that do, elevator pitch, right? Yeah. What's... yeah. I, if I say I do data and analytics consulting, pretty much people turn around and walk away because nobody understands what that is. <laughs> um, so what I really started to say to people is I help people take data from all over the place, merge it together so that they can make better decisions. Now, that makes sense. And how do you do that? Uh, we use a wide range of different software tools, um, but really what we do is, is we get in, we like to start with the data and analytics strategy, right? We like to find out what are your strategic objectives, and then we identify different projects. So we identify those projects. Maybe you're trying to increase sales. Well, mm-hmm. the only way that you're going to increase something is if you can measure it, and the only way you're going to be able to measure it is to have the data from all over the place. Okay. So we might take data from your CRM system like Salesforce.com. We might take data from your Excel spreadsheets. We might take data from, you know, any number of different sources, your website traffic, et cetera. Uh, and we'll, we'll merge all of that together and then we'll build some dashboards on it so that you can actually measure those results. Oh, that's that magic word we all love at work is the dashboard. So you're creating, so part of what, you do, uh, Pomerol Partners, is you have dashboard technology that you're providing to business owners and uh, businesses across everywhere, right? I mean, you're working with people across the world, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, So, you know, I tell people that we work with Fortune 10 companies all the way down to 10 employee companies. Perfect. We we work with, right now, we're working with top-tier banks. We're working with a chicken company, a medical device manufacturer, an ice company, uh, a candy company. Uh, it, there's 
really no shortage of different types of companies that we work with. And I, you know, here at the radio station, we're very familiar with the dashboard because, of course, we have to log in to look at analytics for clients. There's, you know, things that we do to help people. Can you um, invent a dashboard that keeps all of our passwords for all of the dashboards that we have? Because (laughs) that's what I'm looking for. They they do actually have that technology. Uh, it's, it's called single sign-on. Uh, oh, okay. And most of our clients right now use something like that so mm-hmm. that when they log into the dashboard, it's the same login that they use for their email and for everything else. Got it. Every time I have a birthday, I think to myself, how am I going to remember another password with all the dashboards that we have to log into? Absolutely. So when you um, – if somebody – like, how do they know to look for you? Like, what is it that happens in their industry? If you can give me like even a single example that says, I need this client. And then conversely, what do you do to reach out to clients to tell them what you do? Yeah, uh, I mean, how do we know about you? You, well, know, you know what I'm saying? You know about me through well, stuff like now this. Now I do, yes. Um, we get a lot of opportunities through some of our software partner vendors, uh, m- most notably uh, companies like Click, which is spelled Q-L-I-K. Uh, and Data Robot, they do automated machine learning. Those are two of our, our bigger partners currently. Uh, but we work with a wide range of different software vendors. So that's a, an entree point for a lot of our clients. Okay. Uh, we also go to a lot of different events and we perform our own events. So we go to, like we we're just last week, I was at the Institute of Business Forecasting event in Orlando. Uh, and so, and a lot of different kinds of networking events. But how does somebody know that they need us? Yeah. Typically, most of our clients, before we get in there and kind of that groundhog day, you know, every Monday I have to go and I have to pull data from three or four different systems, manually merge it together using Excel, and then I can get my numbers. And they never have the opportunity to improve on the process. So what we do is we automate a lot of those tasks and help them with uh, – with developing those dashboards so that the the process is automated, they can get better insights. So instead of getting data from one or two sources, they might be getting data from four or five sources and creating a better picture. So are you um, creating a brand new dashboard that you're inventing for them? Are you providing them with software and solutions that fit into what they do? A a little of both. Uh, So you can customize as well as provide an already existing solution. Absolutely. A lot of our clients right now come to us and they say, well, you know, my my manufacturing system, it's already got a dashboard in it or my CRM system already has a dashboard in it. Mm -hmm. The problem is it doesn't have the information from all of the different systems that they're using. Like we do work with some associations. They'll have an association management system to keep track of all their members and they'll have an event system and a learning management system the data is not all in one spot. So they don't get a full view of of their membership and all of their events, et cetera. Got it. Okay. And so now I know that when we first started talking, you know, I said, well, well how do, when you meet people, what do you say? Like, what's, what's your, this is what I do. And so I know you had said you help companies take data from all over the place, right? And combine it so that they can make better decisions. And do you, when you go in, what's the process? Do you go in and lay out a plan? Do you meet with people and have that conversation first? And what level does that start at? If somebody's listening right now and they think, gosh, we need that, but who's that person in the office that makes that decision? Uh, It it depends. Sometimes it's led by technology, uh, but I, I think it's more successful if it comes from 
the CFO, the CEO, the COO, because they're the ones that are really experiencing the business side of the problem. The way that we like to start is we like to start by going in and doing a, a, a strategy engagement. Got it. All right. So we would go in and we would meet with all of the different stakeholders in the organization. We would say, what data do you do? Do you use? Mm-hmm. Um, who do you get that from? Who do you give that to? Uh, but but even before we get into that point, we're really talking about what are your strategic objectives for the organization? Is it to try to save costs? Is it to try to increase your sales? Uh, is it try to to increase your market share? You know, all of those different kinds of strategic objectives are really important for us to focus on what project is is most suitable for you to start with. And then you can kind of figure out what it is that they need. Exactly. If you're just tuning in, this is Paula Peterson. I'm with Get Down to Business today. And I'm talking to John Fitzgerald. He's the vice president of Pomerol Partners. And you're located here in Chicago, but yeah. you have company or you have um uh, region, you're regional, right? I mean, you're all over. Right, right. So we started actually in London, uh, oh. and the founding partners were all South African. So we have an office in South Africa as well. And then we have offices in Chicago, Denver, and Kansas City. Okay. So we, we're kind of, you know, from Great Lakes to the Rocky Mountains and from Canada to Mexico. Are you the vice president of the entire company? The entire U.S. Oh, of the entire U.S. Yep. So do you travel all over then and do you meet with clients? I do travel a fair amount. Okay. Uh, but, you know, the great thing about technology now is, oh. it, you know, start the project on site yes. uh, and, and get to know everybody and do a lot of those interviews. Uh, but then a lot of the the work itself can be done remotely. Got it. And then when you're like setting up, uh, you know, I guess I'm just trying to understand. So um, your software can go in and then work with already. It's usually compatible with what maybe a company might already have. And is it an overlay? I don't even know if I'm saying the right words here, but is it an overlay of what they already have? And so you're just upgrading it to be more user friendly for the employee. Am I asking that the right way? I don't know, because I think of it, okay, I think of everything from my, you know, just to be perfectly honest, I am one of the media strategists here. So I need to know from my end, as the person who is in the sales department, how easy is that going to be for me to use? Or are you thinking it more for somebody in the upper management who wants to pull a lot of numbers? Uh, Both. I I, I think most projects are successful if you build something that the the people doing the day-to-day operations can get some value out of. Got right? it. You want to automate your process so that you can think more about uh, the details behind the media strategy and, and what's working and what's not working. The senior leadership really just kind of wants to know the very high-level yes, numbers. Yes, yes. So, we need so there's to, a mix of the two. Yep. Yeah, so we need to build out some building blocks, and a lot of that is through the roadmap of Let's identify what the strategic objectives are and see how they fit together. Excellent. Well, I'm talking to John Fitzgerald, Vice President of Pomerol Partners. You can reach them at Pomerol, P-O-M-E-R-O-L, partners.com. This is Paula Peterson with Get Down to Business, and I will be right back. Hey, this is Paula Peterson. I am back with Get Down to Business. Very happy to have in studio today John Fitzgerald, managing partner, also vice president on your card, of the United States for Pomerol Partners. Hey, welcome hey. back again. Thank, Thank you. you. 
Um, so we were talking about a few things during the break. And of course, that led to me having more questions. But I know you provided me with some information. And I thought this was interesting. So according to Experian, 70% of businesses say not having control over data impacts their ability to meet strategic objectives. That's a lot of, you know, business words. But basically, um, when you don't have control over your data, it's really hard to, you know, get things done, right? And 95% of organizations see impact from poor data quality, meaning what? They can't read what they need to read or they can't figure out what they're reading. Some somebody does a copy and paste error in a formula in Excel and all of a sudden oh. you're you're making a decision based off of the wrong number. That would be me. That would be me. Got that last week. Uh, I messed up a whole column, which yeah. turned around and somebody said, really? Is that what you think your number is? I'm like, it's not. And she's like, no. So <laughs> I get it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So and, and then that also led me into this. You were talking about machine learning, which is the artificial intelligence, which we're hearing a lot about. Yep. So tell me about this trend. And have you implemented any of this for any clients of yours? Yeah, we have implemented uh, a number of different machine learning projects. Uh, so for for those that aren't familiar with it, AI or artificial intelligence is the buzzword that everybody uses. Not necessarily a robot taking over a job. Not the robots taking over a job. And, and a lot of people are worried that the robots or that, that AI is going to start uh, costing people their jobs. Really what it's about is it's about automating some of the drudgery of the job so that you can be more intelligent about your decision making. Uh, but machine learning is a subset of AI. And what machine learning is, is really the uh, taking all of your historical data and building what's known as a model. That you So you take your historical data where you know the results, and then you build a model. Then you can take your, your data where you don't know the results and, uh, and basically predict, right? So we're – but we're not predicting in the this is definitely going to happen. Uh-huh. We're going to say – Here's the most likely outcome. Well, can you give us an example? I mean, even if it's not somebody you worked with, I know that you said like if somebody uses Amazon or Netflix or you you know you're exposed and yep. and then it generates you know information based on your using. Which listen, I I know all this because again, I do. I'm a media strategist for digital, right. so we we tell people like the same thing. But how does that apply to maybe something you've worked with or? How do you go in and explain that trend to people sure, so they understand sure. it? Sure. So there's a number of different ways of using machine learning. Mm-hmm. So one way would be if you go on Zillow and it predicts what your house price is. It would be really easy if it was what's called straight line. You know, if you could put in the square footage and figure out what your price is. But there are so many other factors that it's impossible for for a mere mortal like us to figure out what are all of the kind of coefficients in that expression. Um, so w- one example of a company that we worked with, they were a metal distributor and they've got five different locations and they have a number of different types of metals that they distribute. So it's I-beams and it's pipes and mm-hmm. it's flat sheets of steel and stuff like that. Um, in order for them to get the best prices, they need a lead time of anywhere from 60 days to six months, depending on the, the product. So it's very important for them to be able to, to forecast their demand. So what they had been doing previously is they had really been doing like the the back of the napkin, like each <laughs> they were e- writing it out pretty much, uh-huh. uh, and, and each uh, each department or, or each 
distributor location would end up going in and creating their own forecast, and they would just do it based off of what was in their head. So what we help them with is is applying machine learning and going down from a this big swag, a scientific wild a guess, okay, to uh, to really taking all of that historical data and going down to a much much lower level of granularity, right? So instead of I think that this district is going to do ten million dollars next quarter, it was I think this district for this type of steel in this format on this month is going to do X number of dollars worth of of business or X number of thousands of pounds worth of business. And the data and the technology were there that mixed together that were able to help come up with more of a realistic number? Yep. yep. Got it. And, and then what you can do with machine learning is you can also factor in other external data points. So you could factor in information about what was the weather like. So if you've got a lot of clients that are very dependent on doing construction and stuff like that, mm-hmm. weather could have an impact on it. If you have stuff that's more consumer goods, you might want to bring in information about what's the overall economy doing, et cetera, et cetera. So do you have code writers that work for your company? I mean, you have I would imagine that's – I have a kid in college, so that's a big hot topic right now. Yep. It's like what, what should everybody be doing? And a, and a lot of computer code is like a very hot thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we have some data scientists on staff. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of our guys, though, are – they're MBAs or masters of, of some other – type out of school. Uh, but what we specialize in is really applying technologies. Ah, so there's right. a lot of tools out there that can actually help with this process and speed it along so that you don't have to go and hire a $300,000 a year data scientist. You can implement technology and you can turn the the layperson sort of uh, into, into a data scientist. Got it. Because they're able to go in and read it using like a dashboard or yep. it's it's more in layman's terms. It's more in layman's Which is all we ever want. Now, if you're just joining the show, I'm Paula Peterson. This is Get Down to Business. I'm talking to John Fitzgerald, managing partner of Pomerol Partners. If somebody wants to learn more, they can go to pomerolpartners.com, is it right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's P-O-M-E-R-O-L. Right. Really data, software, managing systems, yep. and dashboard and, systems. And and a lot of uh, strategic consulting around just data, yeah, see, data and analytics. Yeah, the consulting part is the really important thing. I loved something that you provided me. You gave me a couple notes. You said the amount of data is exploding, which is true because we see that yep. everywhere. And so what you're saying, the old ways of combining data are way too slow for the needs of business users now. Yep. So um, if right, you're right. If people are trying to push orders or – um, marketing out the door, then yesterday's data is too late. Yeah. And I think we see that with our digital marketing that we provide because, you know, what I may have spoken to somebody six months ago that sometimes that technology is outdated and we have something new, yeah. you know, do you find yourself, how do you keep up with that, with the, with the products that you sell? I mean, uh, isn't it always changing? It, it is. Like, al- what's the trend in that? <laughs> it, it is always changing. Um, it, you know, you, you can't, open up a, a website about technology without seeing that there's another new competitor in that market uh-huh. space. Um, so a, a lot of it is just, yes, the technology is going to continue to change, but really the success around business intelligence and data and analytics and machine learning, this, the success is really more around the project management, um, understanding that the business is the side that needs to have uh, – that needs their needs met, 
right? So sometimes we're going around the technology side of yeah. the house. Uh, sorry to anybody that's listening that might be on the technology side. That's but, okay. But sometimes they throw up roadblocks to to actually oh, sure, getting sure. the data in mm-hmm. the hands of the business users that need it to make decisions. Yeah. So we focus on that. No, I understand that. What what other trends uh, do you see happening in workspaces when you go in? Like what is one of the things that people are saying, wow, I really have a problem with this and I need it solved? Because I would imagine that that's one of the reasons why you're walking in that door in the first place. Yeah, uh, far and away, the biggest type of project that we do involves sales in some way, shape, or form. So how yeah. can I get a better handle on my, my sales rep performance, mm-hmm. uh, looking at how I compare them against each other? Uh, the example I usually use is if I've got a problem, if my sales aren't aren't where I want them to be, what do I do? So what we do is we'll then build an analysis or a number of analysis pages. So we'll look at sales rep versus sales rep. We'll look at at different customers. We'll look at different products. We'll look at different time periods against each other. And really that's how we identify what the outliers are in terms of the trends. And that's how we know where to focus our efforts. So you can go in and you can customize a program for people, or you can provide something, um, a system that's already in place that you know works and then, and then have it work for their company as well. Right. Right. Got, got it. Well, this has been very, very interesting. So I've been talking to John Fitzgerald. He is the vice president and the um, managing partner for the United States for Palmeral yep. Partners. Uh, Get Down to Business is powered by Tandem HR. If you ever need any HR services, please reach out to tandemhr.com. I'm Paula Peterson. And hey, if you have any questions for me, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Paula Peterson, uh, Salem Media, Chicago. And I would love to be able to help you with any questions you might have. Or if you know somebody you think would make a great guest on Get Down to Business, we would love to hear from you. So have a great week, everybody. Bye. Welcome back to the show. All about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. And I'm thrilled to be joined here in studio, as promised by some true entrepreneurs. I'm thrilled to be joined by Zishan Tajani and Minali um, from Fastest Labs, uh, Chicago Northwest. Um, you guys are awesome, fantastic <laughs> entrepreneurs and uh, great networkers. Great already making a difference in the business community. Thanks for joining me here in studio. Well, thank you for the kind words. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having us. And I'm actually joined by my sister, who is my business partner, Minha. Hi, thank you for having us. Of course. Thanks, Dishan. Thanks, Mina, for joining me. So, uh, Fastest Labs. So, you guys are, uh, well, I guess labs is pretty uh, pretty self-explanatory, but tell us a little bit about what you uh, what you do. So, we provide uh, comprehensive drug, uh, alcohol, DNA, and DOT services for small or large businesses. So, people who are trying to implement... Uh, Drug screening uh, for their for the companies or even individuals. So uh, let's start right there. Is that uh, for many of our listeners that are very small entrepreneurs, um, they're not in the uh, in the, in the world where it, they 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 have not been given a checklist and a guidebook of how to hire your first employee. Let's start with the tips over here. Is that a suggestion that you would make that folks need to background check and and uh, drug screen their um, their employees? Well, I would say a lot of times when I come across uh, businesses, uh, the first thing I hear um, is uh, a pushback. They say, hey, if I started drug testing people, uh, I wouldn't have any employees. So we tell them that actually we can create drug policies for you and handbook. And we can make it personalized to your business, whatever you need. 
So that sets us apart from other laboratories or other truck testing companies because we're all about you. We want to make sure that we serve you to your needs. Uh, and that uh, is both in terms of what uh, what sort of tests are conducted, but also in terms of the process as well. Um, you mentioned, uh, Zishan, in, in, your, uh, in your introduction that uh, you uh, work with a lot of small companies. Um, so uh, what does that mean when, when somebody wants to hire somebody? They probably want to hire them really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys partner with them in the timing and the process? Uh, well, the, the our X factor, if I should say, is that uh, it's all about clean and fast testing. Sure. That's hence the name, Fastest Labs. Um, so we can, you know, if, if they are new to the business or they want to implement uh, drug policy, drug testing, and background checks, we can get them onboarded really fast uh, within the same day, actually. Oh, that's fantastic. And um, so what is typical? What, what are the typical tests that most companies uh, are, are, are requiring of a new employee? Well, the the biggest challenge is is that uh, we all are pretty aware of the opioid epidemic that continues to raise our country uh, with the record of 72,000 drug overdose uh, death estimated in 2017. So um, it's affecting factories, warehouses, offices, and other workplaces. Um, but we can start you off um, if you want to find out, you know, we can get a rapid tr- uh, testing done uh. Uh, where we our, our main aim is to get your employees back to work production uh, is is key, so uh, we can get them tested before and have results before the employee even leaves the parking lot. Amazing, yeah. that's awesome. And and uh, as you've heard uh, me ask uh, our prior guests, uh, I, I love to get to know the people behind uh, behind the business. So uh, both of you, obviously brother and sister, and you are both clearly very very passionate about what you do and very very passionate about customer service. How did you end up in this world of 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 uh, testing, drug testing, and uh, tell us the story. So um, we both come from different backgrounds of corporate world. I had nursing background, and we belong to community where we strongly believe in giving back. And when Zishan and I were brainstorming about what should be our next move, because we always wanted to do something together as a family, and we love having a family business, we wanted to make sure it is something that not only keeps our lights open because we are for profit, but in any shape or form, we can give back to the community. And when we came across this franchise, we love the idea that we could give something back, even if it's one life that we could impact. That would be our goal and that would be our biggest accomplishment. So that's the idea behind uh Fastest Labs. Okay, fantastic. And I know that, uh, obviously, Fastest Labs, Chicago Northwest. So you are actually literally just uh, close nearby uh, to, the, to the studio in Elk Village, which is fantastic. Um, but what is, the, uh, what is the Fastest Labs difference? Why Fastest Labs? There's a lot of companies that are out there. How do you stand out? Well, the biggest thing is, is that um, we, as a, as, a, as a model, we're a, we're a non-medical facility. So a lot of times employers are uh, sending their uh, employees to get tested, uh, and they're sitting in uh, medical facilities for hours and end, um, and that's on your, uh, the employer's dime. Uh, so productivity goes down. Um, and also the, the challenge of uh, uh, wait times. Our wait times is our goal is to get your candidates, employees in and out within five to ten minutes. That's amazing. And then also uh, they're not sitting with other patients uh, as they would in an immediate care or an urgent care center or at a hospital. 
uh, and they can potentially get sick because they're sitting with other patients. With us, we are doing drug testing and DNA testing and alcohol, so we're, com- we're, we're getting them in and out. They're in, we get them tested, and you know they're out in five to ten minutes. Superior service, superior pricing. That's uh, the Fastest Labs uh, X Factor, as you called it, which is fantastic. So right here in Elk Grove Village, um, obviously great service for many uh, employers, as well as, of course, the employees. Uh, makes them happy as well. Um, we've got uh, about one minute remaining. Um, what else do you want our listeners to know, and how can they contact you? Well, the biggest thing I want employers to know, because the, the biggest thing is, is that a lot of times people say, if I, as I mentioned earlier, if I start doing drug testing, people will run away or, you know, I wouldn't have any employees. Uh, uh, we, we encourage people to do this because this is unwittingly you're enabling uh, a, a, and setting precedent that people can come to work uh, under the influence. Now, those are the same people on the streets. So that is actually very dangerous. So we encourage, even if you don't have a, a solution, find one. It doesn't have to be us. It could be someone else. But if it us, definitely I can have Minha tell us uh, the, the contact information. How they can Please. Contact us. Sure. You can find us on www.fastestlabs.com forward slash Northwest Chicago. You can always call us at 847-378-8447. Once again, the number is 847-378-8447. We are located in Elk Grove, but we can test anyone anywhere around the country. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dishan Minal. We appreciate you. Uh, check out the website, and uh, we'll look forward to following your story and future works in Get Down to Business. Thanks for joining us. Thank you Thank so much you. for having us. Welcome back to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Uh, you're listening to Get Down to Business. We're powered by Tandem HR. Check them out, tandemhr.com. Give them a call, 630-928-0510. So what are your details? There's that uh, question that often comes up um, that uh, how to leave a, uh, a proper uh, voicemail message when somebody says leave a detailed message. What does it actually mean? What's in a detailed message today? What details should you leave to inspire a return call? So with all the tasks, with all the information, all the deadlines that everybody's juggling today, uh, we have to recognize that there often isn't time to return or even listen to all of the messages um, arriving each day. If you want someone to return your call, uh, know that they're prioritizing your message uh, based on content. So it's vital that you, your words leave, a, uh, leave, a, a, leave and inspire a callback. Leaving a ton of detail often defeats that purpose. So visualize the person that you're calling when you receive um, your message. They may only have um, 10 minutes between meetings or between flights. I know I experience that pretty much every single day. Um, they probably have 10 or 12 messages that they have to listen to one after another and then decide what actions take later in the day or the next day. So how can you be heard? So I've got a couple of suggestions for you. If you're leaving a message for someone you know um, about an ongoing project, you can leave details uh, that can move them ahead with their text. That's uh, effective and efficient. Um, What doesn't work is leaving a ton of detail and then asking them to return uh, the call. Um, Pick one. You have a choice. Uh, again, uh, give the instructions, give the information, and then move on. If you're leaving a voicemail for someone that you know and you want to make sure a conversation takes place, um, make that uh, clear specifically. Say, hey, it's Shalom. I'm calling um, at this time, and I wanted to talk to you about this. And you give the instructions, and you say what time you're available. You're actually making it easy for, for that person to follow up. And if you're taking, uh, sorry, if you're leaving a message for someone you don't know, 
and you really want to have a conversation with them, you want to be conservative with the details. Um, for example, you want to um, make sure that you give the subject, but you don't uh, provide a long, long, long message because often that's the uh, inspiration that they'll have is they're going to end up thinking that you need to have a really, really long conversation. And as I said, I know I experience this every single day. Often I return phone calls within the 10 minutes between meetings. So make it clear what you want to talk about and say you really need to have a conversation, but it'll only take a minute or two. Uh, Just a couple of quick tips for you. Again, I hope you find that helpful. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think and hear how it is working for you. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Um, We're going to be back in just a couple of minutes uh, as we celebrate this Veterans Day. Uh, We are going to be chatting with with an upcoming guest on the subject. Uh, Once again, Get Down to Business is powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. Check them out online at tandemhr.com. Give them a call, 630-928-0510. We're always posting tips, information on my website, shalomkline.com. You can get on the website, download podcasts, and get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. But once again, uh, get on the website. You can contact me and let me know if those voicemail tips were helpful to you. We're going to be back on Get Down to Business. Don't touch that dollar, Chicago. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, and we are celebrating uh, the weekend of Veterans Day. We salute all those that have served our country, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Michael Haney, the founder and executive director of the Institute for Veterans and Military Families at Syracuse University. Michael, thank you so much for, uh, for calling in. Hey, I'm happy to do it. Thrilled to be here. Absolutely. So, uh, obviously, uh, we are all celebrating uh, Veterans Day, and by celebrating, hopefully everybody is finding an opportunity to say thank you. But um, let's start uh, by talking about the Institute for Veterans and Military Families at Syracuse University. Um, what uh, What do you guys do? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, we, we do exactly what the stereotype of an academic institute might be. Um, research policy analysis focused on the social economic wellness concerns of veterans but actually we do quite a bit more than that we act, we do direct service delivery to veterans and their families uh all over the united states we we run programs designed to help them make the transition from military to civilian life career prep, preparation programs programs designed to help them launch and grow small businesses and we do it at a pretty large scale about 24,000 or so folks uh, participated and graduated from those programs just last year. Wow, uh, that's fantastic! And uh, it's it, as as mentioned, uh, it's one thing to uh, say thank you to a veteran; it's another thing to actually uh, provide the resources to ensure their uh, their success, uh, whether it's uh, in careers or entrepreneurship. And it sounds like that's exactly what the Institute is doing. So, Michael, if you don't mind, I'd love to uh, just uh, delve a little bit into your background because I have a feeling there's uh, something there that's uh, inspiring you to, uh, to help so many people. Uh, tell, me, uh, tell me a little bit about your story. So your, your intuition is correct, and, and probably what that thing is is I am a veteran myself. I was a former Air Force officer um, who got out of the military uh, back in 2006 and made the, the transition to higher education at, at Syracuse University and and launched this institute now about seven years ago. And, you know, really it's about how I can give back to my community before I get out of the military. Um, military service was all I had, I had known. That was, that was my family. And 
really creating the institute and and then growing the 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 programs the research is about um really giving back to to that family well uh, a double thank you to you uh thank you for your service and thank you for uh continuing your service by uh by helping those that have served um and obviously uh we are broadcasting here in chicago uh although uh we have listeners all over the place so uh veterans uh that uh that are uh, completing their service and they're trying to transition back into uh, civilian life. Uh, some may uh, be choosing to uh, continue their uh, their education. Uh, some may uh, may want to uh, transition their skills and uh, and uh, push into the world of entrepreneurship and start businesses. And obviously, it's it's really fantastic when we hear those success stories. Uh, the folks that started a business and they're 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 doing so so well. But uh, Michael, you and I both know that so many uh, so many of those stories are the exception, and that so many people struggle. So, what advice do you have? And uh, what uh, what what uh, what tips can you provide um, both to veterans that may be listening, as well as, of course, to the business community in terms of how they can help uh, veterans that have done so much for our country? Sure. I think I'll, I'll I'll start by speaking to the veterans. And, you know, what I would say and what I do say to veterans that we work with is is really um, don't limit yourself uh, so often. Veterans fall into the trap largely because um, they're given advice in this regard that just because they did this in the military, they should look for an equivalent job in the civilian sector. And, you know, truth be told, the military service experience um, confers to an individual a broad range of, of knowledge, skills, and abilities that can be applied in many, many different um, civilian work contexts. And I think. Um, there are lots of resources like those at the Institute, but even, even beyond that, that are designed to help someone take their military learned skills and close. If there is a, a, a skills gap, close that skills gap so that they can pursue whatever it is they want to pursue after they get out of the military to the, to the community of employers. I think, um, you know, th- this has been a, a hard-fought battle now over 10 years, helping employers understand how veterans should represent and do represent um, a really compelling talent pipeline into um, small, large, and medium-sized businesses. Um, veterans are resilient. They persevere. Um, the, they are good organizational citizens. They are entrepreneurial. You know, that's my other... I am a professor of entrepreneurship in, a, in addition to running this institute, and I, I think one of the really under-leveraged skills of, of this generation of veterans are the fact that they learn to be entrepreneurial as a consequence of their military service. So if you're looking for somebody who is, is going to see new opportunities for a business in the environment and then act on those opportunities, veterans are who you want in your workforce. Oh, wow. Um, absolutely, and I hope that, uh, that employers... Uh, are, are listening and uh, will take a step forward to uh, to try to uh, to hire uh, a veteran, but also uh, anybody who's listening uh, makes a, an effort at uh, supporting uh, veteran-owned businesses. Uh, and uh, I mentioned before the break, I talked about uh, S- Small Business Saturday, and and indeed uh, some of the most successful businesses are, are those that uh, owned by uh, owned or managed or or, or have. 
uh, employees from those that have served our country. So once again, we've been chatting with uh, with Mike Haney, the founder and executive director of the Institute for Veterans and Military Families at Syracuse University. Uh, Mike, how can folks learn more about the Institute? Uh, it's real easy. Just go to go to our webpage. Uh, the address is bets.syr.edu. Well, we appreciate, uh, once again, your service. Appreciate all that you continue to do. Uh, once again, happy Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. Um, we're going to be back next Sunday, 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. Uh, to success, let's get down to business. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next Sunday right here.